All right, we live. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? We live with uh, Mr. Judge Joe Brown. How, how, what do you want to be called? Mr. Judge Mr. Joe Brown? Is redundant. That's like <laughs> I was about to say. But anyway, I got elected my second eight-year term, so the governor sent me this certificate saying, congratulations, you judge for the rest of your life as a title. I guess that's like colonel, but I'm not cooking fried chicken. You know, <laughs> barbecue got a new barbecue line, but Judge Joe work right. Okay, Besides, that's my performing name. Years ago, when SAG after wanted to get me on board, I had to pick one. I couldn't pick my name, but they said Judge Joe will do fine. Judge Joe Brown. So that's me. Official okay. title and performing title, and you know. Well, welcome, welcome. Well, we're going to get right into it. I mean, I don't know if you've been uh, abreast to what's going on with me. I uh, started with a little misunderstanding with a former teammate and then a, a peer that I don't know uh, really that good with Matt Barnes. I call him Becky with the good hair. But uh, he invited me to his man parts after a, a simple disagreement that I tried to get them to correct behind the scenes. But, you know, if you understand how these gentlemen think, they're a little bit immature. So... I brought you uh, on. You want to put childish? Yeah. <laughs> so I call them the go along, get along game. So and since I've been calling, oh, I like that mug. <laughs> I have a few of these. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Since I called them the go along, get along game, I've been uh, docs like no other. Um, my family history has come out in the Breakfast Club. Um, Jamel Hill has come out and spoken about me. Uh, and then tried to have plausible deniability saying she was talking about a game. Um, just Stephen A. Smith saying a narrative that he wanted to say. And then now we have Dr. Boyce Watkins who inserted himself into it. So well, son, is there a go along, get along gang or no? Son, when you get start trending, you start getting attention paid to you. And mm -hmm. when we, in my generation, we'd say when somebody's half-stepping, they try to slow everybody down and put concrete out there for them to get mired in when the concrete hasn't set. But if you just step on out, wipe your feet off, you know, you can go do it. It's like dog shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> when you're dealing with dog shit, you know, you got to avoid stepping in it. Yeah. But they try to put it in front of you, so you keep running into it. Yeah. My thing with the Breakfast Club is it's poisonous. part of this agenda of pushing this narrative of LGBT Q, I, A, plus, whatever in the hell it is right now. I don't have anything against somebody being gay. What you do in your own damn bedroom is your own damn business. But when you start trying to mess yeah, it up for everybody else. Did you see yeah. that show? <laughs> you know, that whole crew, I challenged them to a debate. I said I'd whip their behinds, but they won't take the old man on. You know, I just said, I know it'll be embarrassing. The old man whips all three of you one at a time. It's your option. Let's go someplace neutral where you don't ambush your guest and put all that rainbow shit in the background. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you, so you think that's an agenda that they're pushing? Yeah, yeah it's an agenda. I saw it when I was at UCLA 50 plus years ago. Um, they started saying that they were going to destroy manhood. See, first you had the lesbians who hated men. 
you had the feminists who hated that they weren't men. You had the soy boy, beta boys, you'd call them now, who were white boys who couldn't make it in a white man's world. And you had nothing at that point until you started getting the anti-war thing developing in the late mid-60s. And they came up with this stupid idea that war is a man thing. So the way to stop war is to change the way boys are raised to men. And if you raise them like girls, so they wanted dolls and frilly stuff and were soft and emotional, that would keep boys from becoming warlike when they got to be men. So when you put that ballast into the mix, uh, they started taking over. Now, a little slight history. I'm going to make it as quick as I can. No, take your time. The late 60s, color TV was bankrupting the major movie studios, Paramount, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, MGM, and such like. And they started firing executives to bring people in to get new ideas. See, at that time, if you were an adult, it cost you 50 cents to go to your local movie theater. And every Thursday and Sunday, they had two new movies, man, three cartoons and some features. So you could walk in anytime you wanted to For 50 and, cents. and wow. see what you would be seeing and then see the whole thing and then sit through what you missed or keep mm -hmm. sitting there. Yeah. And no matter how big a hit the movie was, every Thursday and Sunday, they changed and had two more. So the studios are making like 120, 250 movies a year, and they all had the same cast of stars that were in every movie. Mm -hmm. Well, what they came up with was two things. They had these young, bright folk that were part of this crew that is going to destroy masculinity. Okay. And they said, wow, we have a market. Let's go after the black folk down at the bottom who are getting neglected. They have money to spend. And if we come up with what we term black exploitation movies, they'll come out. So the way to come out is appeal to the lowest common denominator. So let's glorify the pimps, hoes, drug dealers, thugs, bank robbers, gangsters, and everything else. Makes sense. Oh. And they started doing that, and they started glorifying dysfunction. And I heard them discussing this. They said, we need to start with two things. The black woman was the role model because she controlled her men the way they looked at it. And two, if we start experimenting on black males, in trying to see if we can take them down a notch. So mm -hmm. instead of I'm black and I'm proud, Ungawa, black power, you know, Afro, you know, and a beard, uh, jeans, fatigue jacket, and ready for the revolution, they came out with Superfly in 1971-72 where this dude's got processed heads, you know, driving a pimp mobile, selling drugs, and they make him a hero. They had Black Caesar with um, Fred DeHammer Williams, and that plot was he was a major drug dealer who was trying to become 
the only drug dealer and he was killing and assassinating a whole lot of people. He became the hero driving off in the limo into the sunset, smoking a big Cuban cigar. Hmm. And see, they started doing that. Well, when you get this mix rolling, they also had another thing too, which was let's take over the political parties. And you used to hear them on campus talking this nonsense all the time where they'd get into the Republican party and the democratic party. And the thing was the Republican party would work behind the scenes or at least the ones that got in there. And in the democratic party, they'd be the voice. So from time to time, they would deliberately cause a lot of confusion. And when they caused a lot of confusion, then they could work behind the scenes and nobody would see. So slowly, they ran this propaganda and the best propaganda engine in the whole world was doing it. I mean, even Adolf Hitler and Heinrich Himmler and Goebbels uh, for the Nazis said, we have to model what we do on the American entertainment industry because it gets in so many people's heads and we need to copy that methodology. Oh. Now, they did this, and for 50 years, they have propaganda glorifying dysfunction. Now, if you want to see the contrast from 1920 to 1940, it's 20 years. That's all the time the Nazis had to work. This same group, using the methodology that the Nazis based theirs on, had 50 years, not 20. Mm -hmm. So we think in terms of their narrative with such foolish shit as toxic masculinity that's not a word okay homophobic that's not a word that's only 10 years old you see and the word for example for that one is heterophobia which is the opposite which is for several hundred years gay folk had to deal with being lynched mutilated beat up jacked up fired thrown in jail ostracized all kinds of stuff so one of the propaganda techniques that is very effective that the Nazis knew is flip the script, accused your enemy of being like you or doing what you do. So they're heterophobic and they flip the script to homophobic. Mm. For example, you can find old dictionaries. They've got heterophobic, but they don't have homophobia in there. But now if you type it into an iPhone, heterophobia is red underlined because they don't recognize it as a word, but homophobic, they'll put up a rainbow. You get that little emoji popping up. That's the flip in the script. All mm -hmm. right. And when they start getting you thinking this way, toxic masculinity, see what they call toxic masculinity is the absence because that's where you come in where i come in is we're trying to deal with imposing masculinity because masculinity is a set of standards inputted into a boy so long so often so hard that when he becomes a man it is innate in his character and that's about making where you live a better safer more secure place filled with economic prosperity uh, sense of purpose, morality, and ethics, where you dedicate yourself to public peace, dignity, and order, and you are a man of peace who can be violent and brave and courage, courageous when necessary. Mm -hmm. You see, that's what men do, where the little women and children get into lifeboat first when the damn Titanic is going down.
Mm -hmm. So they try to destroy that. And by destroying it, they translating get a chance to get their freak on in legitimacy. Now, see, homosexuality is distinguished from this LGBT stuff. Now, I employed some gay folks, still got one or two on the payroll, and they look at this stuff as a cult. And if I can explain, all right, I'm straight, I'm heterosexual. Mm -hmm. But when I see Lizzo the lizard hippo with her bare, fat, flabby ass trying to twerk in public, looking like a damn harlot in front of children, see, that's not right. When I look at Cardi B, who is a street walking hoe, who brags about how she used to drug her tricks so she could rob them. Yeah, she did and say that. See, that kind of thing put up as an exemplar of heterosexuality and normalcy. That is not normal. Something's wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, a homosexual who is taking care of his business and his bedroom freak is his own business is mm -hmm. different from some damn fools with a gay pride parade with nothing on but some leather chaps and their bare asses and dicks hung out mm. with a bunch of children looking at them. See, there is a difference. In other words, keep your business to yourself. We don't know what the hell you're up to. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember there was uh, Paramount, when my show was with Paramount, there was an executive vice president who was in charge of PR. And my beautiful wife at the time, now ex-wife, I can't seem to keep them all that long. <laughs> but anyway, they're expensive as shit. But look, uh we were in a thing in New York where everybody had to go there for one of these corporate things. And she and I got on the uh, elevator to go up to where the meeting was going to be. This VP got on and then this flamer got on and the VP who was acknowledged, admittedly gay, he jumped up and rushed off. So somewhat later when he got up there, my wife said, why'd you get off? He said, I can't stand the flame. You know, that's crazy. Cause my cousin, my first cousin is gay and he's able to say, he says stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, what you talking about? He was like, man, we don't like people that act like that. You know, he's, he's gay, but sometimes he, he acts like a man. And then sometimes he doesn't, he explained it to me, but you know, I, I really don't understand it, but I don't try to. That's still my cousin. So well, but yeah. I know he talked like what you what you just said. He don't he said I don't like flamers. Well, see, here's the thing I found out when I was a judge. I put together these psychologists and psychiatrists and under Tennessee law with a provision I lobbied for, any sentencing judge can conduct a psychological or mental evaluation of mm -hmm. anybody he sentences. So we were doing research. We found there are basically two types of homosexuals. The type that hates the opposite sex and the type that wants to be the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that is hooked up in self-hate. Now, see, black folk back in the 60s, we came to recognize that we had been victimized by a long period of negative imagery. So we hated ourselves. Everybody wanted to be white, press their hair, conk their hair. That's that process. And Malcolm said that best way I've heard it, a processed head equals a processed mind. But anyway, we were in I'm black and I'm proud. 
now you've got this group who is deep off into personal self-hate. They hate what they are. They hate what they want to be. So they have taken a nihilistic approach and they have screwed up everything that's supposed to be of value. Mm-hmm. See, instead of being brave and courageous, it's all right to be a friend and be a coward instead mm-hmm. of, well, hell, they couldn't get away with anything else but that McFly in uh, Back to the Future 35 years ago. What is it? He goes back in time. His daddy is there getting punked out by this bully and where the kid comes from, this bully still bullying daddy. So he gets daddy to screw up his nerve daddy busts the bully in the mouth on prom night knocks him out actually mm-hmm. when he gets back the bully works for daddy he's daddy's flunky see that stand up to a bully is part of being a man you have mm-hmm. to learn how to deal with that you know i'm gonna be my ass whipped but i'm gonna bust this mf in his mouth you know mm-hmm. and maybe the next time or uh, somebody else he doesn't want to get busted in his mouth even if he winds up whipping me mm-hmm. now Oh, my God, we have to bring in the police and the teachers and the parents to stop all of this horrible bullying. Oh, it's just so awful. And then, oh, my God, we have to stop this online bullying. Oh, he's going to kill himself if he uh, turn the goddamn thing off. And you see Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, perverting the First Amendment. You can't say stuff if it makes some jackass feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And then I don't even watch TV. Well, well, see, here's the thing that's bad about that. Mm-hmm. If you complain about somebody doing you that way, like on Twitter, you can say the N-word all you want. You can put child pornography, pedophilia. You can put full frontal, three dicks up her ass and sucking two more. See, I'm not on Twitter. See, I don't know. Twitter. But you can't say something like, We've got a situation where we've got some pink panty wearing fascists who are trying to subvert the first, second, fourth, fifth, and sixth amendments and down manhood and womanhood because Zeke Heil, this is uh, something where we're going to have to uh, stiff arm salute the rainbow flag and read mind uh, Uberganger, which is my conversion. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> uh, and so, that is supposed to be something that is horribly offensive, but you mm-hmm. can say in all you want, and you can talk about toxic masculinity or some chauvinist pig or whatever it may be. That's okay. See, yeah. because it's directed propaganda, there's a narrative. And the people that control Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they're deep off into the rainbow, which is their business. But we fall for some more stupid propaganda, which is it's private so they can do what they want. Well, what about the poor private guy in Colorado who, against his religious scruples, was forced to bake a cake for a gay couple? He didn't even know. All right. Uh, how about how about when they took Trump in about three years ago because he was blocking these fools that were trying to troll him when he was posting and. He wisely did not go any further. He let it go to the Court of Appeals. And what happens is they said he had to unblock them because it was a public forum 
and these people had a right to exercise their First Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. So that's still standing, which means Twitter, Instagram, Facebook should be busted on a class action for not functioning properly as a public utility and attempting to monopolize the airways, which are licensed. They have to have a license to do what they do. Mm -hmm. So when they take this public license, they've got an obligation to the public and they become a public utility. Now, 150 years ago, when they started getting gas lighting and stuff in cities, these companies that were privatized to provide these services were private companies that provided these services started saying, we want to do some redevelopment. So we're not going to give you guys your gas because we don't like you. Well, they got declared a public utility, so they have to treat everybody doing the same way. And the analogy that some people ought to get is the phone company can't tell you what the hell to say on your cell phone. Mm-hmm. Same principles apply to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. YouTube, because they're using public airways and they have to have a license to do that broadcasting that they depend upon, Mm -hmm. they can't either. So, Well, they definitely do. How do they get away with it? But you see, that's because too many people think in terms of the narrative that they've established and another narrative which came from the other side about the sanctity of private enterprise. Now, Mm -hmm. see, that sanctity of private enterprise impacts the black community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ever heard of this thing, pipeline, jailhouse? Yeah, the prison pipeline. Yeah. See, here's what that's about. Okay. People used to ask me all the time, Judge, what's wrong with the criminal justice system? Why is it so broke? Why doesn't it work? I said, well, it's working fine. It's just doing something else. See, all of this nonsense about leave it to private enterprise to solve everything. Well, private enterprise is out to make a profit. That's what they're doing. They're not out there to be doing good. And what happens is due to industrial technology and computerization, a whole lot of ordinary people have been made obsolete. Now, the United States happens to be the only industrial country in the world that does not have a concerted government program to deal with changing that obsolescence of the worker who has been displaced by technology and training him to get an equal job in terms of income doing Mm -hmm. something else or being able to do more. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of surplus labor that is no longer necessary for the market. So labor is a commodity like wheat, corn, or cotton. And when you have a glut, you do three things. Cut back production, subsidize the producer, store the surplus. Mm-hmm. The surplus labor is stored in the jail cell instead of a grain silo. The subsidy is the public assistance check of one form or another. And the cutting back of production, the glorification of dysfunction, so the would-be labor units drop out, bang out, drug out, get knocked up too early, too often, mm-hmm. develop inappropriate attitudes, lifestyles, worldviews. Mm-hmm. They don't have any vocational skills. They don't have any educational uh, preparation. They're useless. And you have essentially another negative because the public assistance 
goes to the female because in a lot of states, an able-bodied man is not eligible for any kind of public assistance except unemployment. Mm -hmm. And he has to have worked long enough to get that. And he's only entitled to so much. Meanwhile, back in the Johnson administration in the 60s, they came up with a concept that was good, the safety net. But what they wound up is having a distinctive class of women who became welfare dependent. They got bigger checks the more babies they had. And the check was not going for the babies. It was going for them. Right. It's like a friend of mine and I were in Nickerson Gardens out in the Los Angeles area in 1967, and we were recruiting for college. In those days in California, UCLA, uh, Berkeley, uh, Cal State, they were free. There was no tuition. There was an insurance and uh, benefits fee. In other words, $56 a quarter. You got unlimited medical care prescription medication, eyeglasses, you had free concert tickets, athletic events tickets, you didn't have to pay for them, but mm -hmm. there was no tuition. Now, Ronnie Reagan screwed that up. Mm -hmm. He came in campaigning on a platform that he was going to destroy free higher education because nothing but long-haired, commie, sympathizing hippies took advantage of it. So from free education, which was an investment in the human infrastructure of the state, you switched over to this mess they have now where everybody is in hock for 10 years trying to get an education unless mm -hmm. you can play some sport and get an athletic scholarship. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten way, way out of hand. So what happens, see, is when these kids are in a situation where the only way the money comes in is through the women, you set up a matriarchy. And, hey, man, like, uh, what you doing, man? Like, uh, hey, man, where your bitches, man? Uh, or me saying, young man, if the court is disposed to place you on probation, just how do you intend to sustain yourself? In other words, how do you make your living? Well, with due respect, Your Honor, like I got me four bitches. Excuse me, I didn't mean to say that. I got me four ladies takes good care of me. Two of them get, still uh, on know, got good J-O-Bs. One get a crazy check. One on AFDC. They takes care of me. Dang. You know, mm -hmm. I, well, what do you do? I smooth them out. You know, they, they got hard gigs, you know, so a hard life. So I make them feel good mm -hmm. and see about... 20 years ago, there was this thing about the thug. Mm -hmm. I can remember sitting up in the lounge in the airport in Detroit, me and my homeboy who was traveling with me, the late Clifford Stewart, who was a hell of a man. I called him my brother. We look alike. He's just Black Belt Magazine called him the most dangerous human alive in North America. He was mm -hmm. one of those folks. Mm -hmm. And we were reading this article by a black female PhD who was saying, ladies, get yourself a thug. They are so thrilling. You have no idea. Raw masculinity, but you can control it because you're paying the check. Oh, yeah. And you, I do all these local radio appearances or remote or direct. And they say, this is Bobby on WFOOL. This is Take Care of Your Thug Week. 
Tell, call Bobby and let Bobby know if you got a thug at home. All right, we got Tamika on the line. You got you a thug, Tamika? Yeah, Bobby, I got me a thug. He's so fine. Lord, yeah. All right, we got uh, uh, we got Jamalina on. What you got, Jamalina? Well, yeah, Bobby, I got me a thug. He's so fine. All my friend girls, they Jay. He look just like Denzel. Oh, we got, who is this, Lucille? Yeah, Bobby, this here Lucille. I'm white, but I likes me some thug too. They so exciting. Mm -mm -mm. See, and you get this kind of glorification of stupid. Mm -hmm. And you get these young males who have no man training. And see, man training is difficult because it takes a whole lot of shit in your head for all right, women and children in the lifeboats first, and the rest of us are gonna drown in this. Icy water if we don't freeze to death first. All right, ladies, get in. And you, punk, quit. Get that dress off. We know who you are. You still got a beard. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> so, see, now they have this thing where they got these trans freaks, mm -hmm. drag queens, and they want to put on a dress and put on bras and get in the lifeboats with the women and children. So get your ass out of here. And if you don't help get them down, we're going to throw you over there and charm the sharks. So they'll go over there and eat your ass instead of bothering the women and children. And then see, this coalition they put together is going to fall apart. And one of them is this, two of the front factors that are going to make that happen, is this pedophile thing and this drag queen thing because the feminists have been fighting for years to get women's sports. Now, granted, it's flipped over to being a, a bastion for lesbianism in a lot of the female sports. But when you let these boys jump in who can't compete against the boys of the guys and for varsity and let them compete against the girls and still whip girl ass, uh, that upsets the paradigm. Plus, they're going to kill one of these girls. I, I got a personal thing about it. Somebody's granddaughter I last seen when she was like, 10 or 11, she said, mm -hmm. Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe. And I was in the parking lot of something like Lowe's, you know, one of these big hardware places. And I walked over, I said, I haven't seen you in a long time. And she had her arm up like that, you know, in a cast with a strut. I said, what mm -hmm. happened? She said, well, you know, I was in the mar uh, martial arts. I said, yeah, your grandmother told me about that granddaddy too. I said, well, she said, well, you know, I got a scholarship to such and such college to do women's wrestling. Full contact wrestling, that's the new uh -oh. thing. So what happened? I said, well, what happened to you? She said, they made us wrestle these, and she started crying, these freaks, she said, who mm -hmm. said they were girls. And I objected, and they told me I'd lose my scholarship if I didn't wrestle. Mm -mm. And they told the team we had forfeited, but we didn't. So another girl on the team got three cracked ribs and a fractured jaw. Mm. And I got my uh, compound fracture of my arm. And I've had three operations. She started crying, said, Uncle Joe, I can't study hard because this medication jacks me up. I can't sleep because it hurts. Mm. And I just said, that's a damn shame. But you see, that's what this leads to. And toxic masculinity actually 
would stop that. One of the things that promotes violence. Mm-hmm. See, they try to protect these boys and they do not know who they are because mm-hmm. they've never had to face down a bully, never had to screw up their courage and take a stand knowing I might get my ass whipped, but I'm going to have to do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, you like me. Hmm? You eat meat? Oh, yeah, I eat bison every now and again. Yeah, I, I, no, a bison's good. Yeah. Chomp into it. I like it medium rare. All right? Yeah, I like I like mine uh, sometimes medium, but mo- mostly medium well. Okay, well, you yeah. eat it. Oh, yeah. See, we are the apex predator on the planet. We kill better than any other damn thing's ever been here. Mm-hmm. If they actually had a Jurassic Park, I can see if some of them escaped. The T-Rex did. I can see, yes, uh, Lord Williams. Uh, I was out there, and it was really tense, you know, and <laughs> it was me or it in my guide, and uh, he took off. He was a little affrighted, you know, but I gave him one charge, you know, and rapidly worked the bolt and delivered <laughs> another, and that is it is on my dear wall. Isn't it magnificent, see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, you once were king of the jungle. Now the tiger is in danger and the mother elephant in her bond with her calf, you know, and the mm-hmm. polar bears. And we have to save everything on the planet because we're the baddest ass killers on the planet. Mm-hmm. Nothing kills like us. Mm-hmm. And what do you think is inside this beast that is the apex predator on a planet? Mm hmm. It kills. So yeah. you have to impose masculinity so it knows when to kill. Go kill your bison when you want to eat it or, you know, we do it by collectivity. We have a slaughterhouse and a meat packing place and it tastes good and a restaurant fixes it up. Well, all that's good, but that tendency to kill is still there and we don't have a draft, but for a long time they had one, and those guys, ordinary people that got drafted, deal did a whole lot of killing. Mm-hmm. World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, before that, uh, the Civil War. So you can get ordinary people and you can turn them into killers. All right, mm-hmm. that requires a lot of social adjustment, so they do not turn on themselves in an inappropriate fashion at an inappropriate time for inappropriate reasons. That's why we have criminal laws, particularly against the wrong kind of homicide, criminal versus justifiable. Mm-hmm. Now, when you take this boy and you protect him from bullies, so the parents, the police, and the schools protect him, where Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook keep him from seeing something that'll cause his stupid ass to go take himself out. <laughs> then what happens is he doesn't know this beast that's in him. Mm-hmm. And see this beast is still there. And under the wrong circumstances, that beast comes out and starts leering at him and he doesn't know what to do. So you get these perverted asses that go and shoot up a school because they felt bad because they got bullied too often and don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. That's a lack of masculinity. All right. these folk in the hood to go around popping caps on everybody doing drive-bys. See, they suffer from lack of masculinity. So that, I don't, that's, I don't that's the same thing I told Jack. Somebody. Yeah. But I grew up in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And 
South Central. And mm -hmm. what I found out from there later on and when I was sentencing people or when I was defending people, mm -hmm. dudes down in the hood, the hood rat, they just bitches. <laughs> they only see what they are is lesbians in boys' bodies. Mm -hmm. The lesbian and the hood rat are raised the same way. They're raised by their mamas like girls because their mamas hate men, and the boy is gonna be a man if he got raised properly. So they hate him and raise him wrong. He winds up with a secret hate for his mama, but doesn't realize it. Mm -hmm. He's raised as a girl. He likes pussy. The lesbian is raised as a girl. She likes pussy. If the fairy god fag waved the magic wand over the lesbian and she woke up the next morning with a dick, there would be no difference between her and your typical hood rat thug trying to play OG. Mm -hmm. And these guys ain't got manhood. For example, I don't know how many times this scene repeated itself over the time I was on the bench there would be a motion to suppress a confession, right? So the police in Memphis always take the confession. So you got to see the whole thing. So uh, counselor, defense ready for this matter, prosecution, you ready, Madam Court Reporter, can you set up in the court's chambers in uh, say 10 minutes and we will take a look in camera at the video clip of this confession that we have a motion i think what's the file docket number thank you ma'am blah 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 this dude we're getting ready to take a recess and i take the recess and the lawyer walks up to ask me about something else so i'm still watching og is back there talking to his homies yeah man i'm down for the cause man you know like hey they just put this case on me man like oh hell man they was trying to get me to say all kinds of shit man i can hear him so i go on and back i'm watching this confession here's where it goes <laughs> sir you really need to have an attorney we can call one right now you should have a lawyer it is a serious matter um i don't want no lawyer i just want my mama can you give my mom in here well, sir, your mother can't be in here while it's going on. You're a grown man. Oh, no. I don't care. My mama. Look, sir, you have a right to remain silent. <laughs> oh, okay. You have a right. You know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, Lord. I don't care. 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 Okay, so anyway. <laughs> this dude has been advised nine times of his rights and he wants to wave them and he's crying all over the shit and that's why they got these strange stains on the a waiver this fool's been crying it's uh -huh. not blowing all over running down his face and I'd get out there and I said well let's see we've had gentlemen that have been identified uh, with, could you gentlemen come over here and that we're going to speak to the defendant about this, about he, blah, 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 on this matter about the bond, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I'd move him over here. So, well, it seems since they have identified him, so let's move to this point. The defendant spent most of his time crying and watching, washing 
tears from his face, which looks like most of a box, fresh blocks of Kleenex. And mucus was running all down his nose and <laughs> all over the table. He was crying for his mother. He multiply uh, waved right the council or and wanted to make a statement if only his mama could be there and the officers advised him his mother could not be present and let's see he also advised that the following individuals i read the names off were part of this armed robbery blah 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 that resulted in the killing of two people at this convenience store which becomes felony murder subject mm -hmm. to the death penalty and i say please take those individuals into custody right now no bond we will review this in a bit mm -hmm. see they punk out they rat on everybody there's no such thing as loyalty they tell mm -hmm. and what's interesting is in most states under american law you cannot convict someone on the uncorroborated statements or evidence of an accomplice so mm -hmm. there is one guy in there that's an OG. He just said, I don't want a damn uh, uh, form. Hell, I have nothing to say, and he'll write that out. I want a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And because he didn't confess, there's no case against him. Because most murder cases are the hardest thing to prove because there's no witness. Mm -hmm. And damn near every time there's a murder trial somebody shot his mouth off usually to some woman he was trying to impress who was some mm -hmm. low-class woman who had a drug case he was trying to get out of so she'd tell on him then Dang. they got him and he punked out and told on himself he confessed now yeah there are a lot of innocent people in the jails but the percentages are small because this is what's going on mm -hmm. For the last 70 years, it's been kind of consistent. Just a little more than 2% of the people in American prisons got found guilty by a jury. Mm -hmm. 97 plus percent pled guilty, and depending upon where you are, 84 to 87% confessed. Mm. So I've seen some innocent people. That's crazy. I got the youngest person in the world off death row. I got a stay of execution execution 23, 23 minutes before they were going to fry him. And he was 15 plus two weeks at that time. Mm -hmm. I got the uh, conviction set aside on a number of grounds, including an all white jury. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, is that most of the people off in there when they're talking to their lawyers are saying yeah man well he didn't really see me well how you know he was taking a smoke over there by the telephone pole if you weren't there mm -hmm. well he didn't he couldn't have seen me i was in the shadows behind the dumpster mm -hmm. but you were there you're trying to say you weren't there mm -hmm. that's a matter of proof but you were there and by the way six of the witnesses for the state knew you from high school Two of them gave the police your mama's address. So you're trying to tell your mom and everybody that they're lying, trying to put a case on you. Mm -hmm. See, so you get this. But when you get these people back in this system where they get put in jail, some people get it wrong. They just want their free labor, that slavery. You know, no, it's not. 
See, mm. they don't want you to work, so there's no rehabilitation. If you work in the joint other than to have make work to keep you out of mischief by pressing license plates, mm -hmm. if they rehabilitate you, when they let you out, you reglut the market. So what happens is when you're clowning around acting a damn fool, you cause your community to be chaotic so your community cannot engage in collective self-help through the political process. Oh. And what happens is you take that community out of the loop. Now, there's still some entry-level jobs, but part of that cutting back of the labor by getting into somebody's head is, man, fuck that shit. I ain't flipping no burgers at no Mickey D's. I got my bitches and hoes take care of me. What the fuck I'm going to be up there doing that shit? I got plenty of merchandise to move. Motherfuckers love that shit. You know, yeah. got lots of gold to be worn and ladies to be played. You know, damn that. Yeah. And then you get this other thing that's going around bros before hoes. I, I don't understand that. That's because they ain't getting pussy. <laughs> now, see, let me say something about this. I played football in high school and college. I understand that. But I did have some sense. And see, you made a career of basketball because you actually were good at it. But you see, there's a whole lot of brothers can't shoot a goddamn basket and they'd be out there sweating, playing instead of getting their heads in their books. And meanwhile, yeah. the girlfriends are frustrated. So I'd go fuck the girlfriends while they're out there getting sweaty. Yeah, got a lot of pussy, you know, goddamn. And I ain't gonna lie, I've devoted all of my adult life to the position oh, damn, you know. But <laughs> when you do that, you gotta be able to hang. So that means you got to get prepped so you can take care of some business so you can be about something other than trying to simp off of somebody. Right, right. So, you know. Man, that's crazy. You you a funny, you're a funny judge. You're the funniest judge I ever seen. Well, you know. You really. That's when you crazy. get that dignified yes and now uh, <laughs> we're prepared to proceed to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can play that. You have to have versatility. You know, when I'm a yeah. uh, judge, I'm fair and impartial, neutral and detached, you yeah. know, blind justice, except I ain't no bitch with one tit out to feed the needy and uh, ain't stepping on no goddamn sword. I mean, uh, snake, but you know, <laughs> blind, fair and impartial. Yeah. Which has some interesting consequences that have results that people do not anticipate. I'll tell you one of those about Martin Luther King's assassination, mm -hmm. which was not by James Earl Ray, but was ordered and concurred in by J. Edgar Hoover and the mm -hmm. FBI supplied the murder weapon and ammunition. Whoa. And the shot came from the fire station, not the flop house, not the bushes. It was a two-man team. They recruited them from the Marine Corps sniping school at Quantico, Virginia, where the FBI has a training academy. Now, I'll get back to that, but you see, they hadn't expected me doing what I did to be neutral, fair, and impartial. They thought when the case got in front of me on random rotational assignment, I'd just go dog the dude out, but I just said he deserved justice. Let's see what the fuck happened. And it was not what the narrative says. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's what happens when you get fair and impartial. See, I'm fair and impartial when that's my job. Mm -hmm. I'm the referee to umpire. Mm -hmm. 
when it comes to me outside of that, yeah, I have some opinions and a whole lot of people I know got killed. I was in the building when John Huggins and Bunchy Carter got assassinated by those us folk mm-hmm. at UCLA at high noon in Campbell Hall in the cafeteria in front of 42 witnesses. Dang. They kicked in, somebody else kicked in my door upstairs where I had an office on the third floor and put four bullets through the back of my chair, which I had set up so I'm facing out rather than toward the door just for that purpose. Not for that purpose, but for some other reasons. And Elaine Brown and I were going back down the stairs when this shit went on and they took off past us running out. They shot John in the back twice point mm-hmm. blank killed mm-hmm. him but he wasn't dead yet so he set up and had a 357 he popped six caps at them as they were fleeing and hit one of them in the back of the shoulder blade but didn't stop him and they mm-hmm. kept going the police wound up admitting some of them that us was on their side and every time they went to bust these folk they got tipped off and they got two of them johnny cochran tried uh, defended two of them mm-hmm. they got second degree murder convictions sent to a penal facility they escaped in a week apb got taken down within 48 hours i saw them two years later a guy named yuko babu who's out in la still does the pan-african film festival mm. out there well he me and some other people were trying to raise money for Frelamo, the gorillas in mozambique we had gotten an airplane full of combat boots that the State Department seized, so we raised money. We had Taj Mahal, Pharaoh Sanders, Oscar Brown Jr., uh, Gene Pace, Aretha Franklin, and Stevie Wonder put on a free concert. We raised the money. So I'm walking around in the audience at the Palladium, which was on Hollywood Boulevard then. Mm-hmm. And here these two that just got convicted of second-degree murder. I said, what the hell are you doing out? Both of you, well, we just walked. So 25 years later, they got tired of being on the run. They tried to surrender themselves. California said, we don't want you. Mm. Now, see, that's the way it used to roll. So with that kind of context and all of these people I knew died, uh, see, I recruited Geronimo Pratt to UCLA. That's G. He did that time for that murder wrongfully convicted. Okay. Mm. Nathaniel Clark, he got killed. Elaine Brown, I recruited her. See, all of these people died and people were getting killed left and right all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, with that context, I hate these pimps and simps who get up trying to perpetrate about they're trying to be about black business and all they are is LGBT surrogates like Mm -hmm. the Black Caucus. And I look at the people like Al Sharpton, Cory Booker, Don Lemon and crying uh van jones i call cnn crying negro network and idiots like that because you say it's the crying negro network <laughs> yeah <laughs> jesus christ you know see <laughs> cnn has anderson cooper and did you know dip his little sweet butt in the tea to make the tea then they squeeze Don Lemon's little sweet butt when his white husband isn't around and add lemon to it and, and, and sugar 
from Van Jones, and he cries a few tears in it to add a little unique character to the T. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they push this stuff too. See that narrative they do. Uh -huh. You got to think. Like, they're trying to incite, get Trump still for inciting a riot in D.C. What did he do? He told all these people to come and demonstrate, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the First Amendment, for those who've never read it, says you have a right that shall not be abridged to assemble and petition for redress of grievance. That means you have a, a demonstration and the petition doesn't have to be in writing. It's been the law for 240 years. It can be by protest. You have mm -hmm. a right to assemble, to petition, protest for redress of grievance. In other words, you got a problem you want fixed. That's all mm -hmm. they did. Now, it's been long the law that if somebody independently decides to get unruly, you are not responsible for what they do as long as what you were advocating was peaceful. But on the other hand, look at Maxine Waters to show you there's an agenda. She actually was out advocating for people to spit on somebody with a mega hat. If they had support Trump bumper sticker, break out the car windows, turn the things over, get unruly and burn stuff up. That actually is incitement of violence, which is in fact criminal. Now, they don't go after her. They just have this thing on Trump. Now, I don't particularly like Trump, but I'm not against him. I did not vote for that damn fool that they had running against him that racist dog what I heard the first time in 1972 when I was doing an intern thing at a DC think tank, when he was out there with James O. Eastland, John B. Stennis, Faubus came in from Arkansas. That's the fool who said they'd never integrate the uh, Little Rock High School. They had Wallace there who was wheeled in and they had Bird, former Grand Dragon of the Klan, and they were talking about this young man who had a stupid looking ducktail like he was back in the 1950s, was the last true yellow dog Dixiecrat. And they were talking about Joe Biden, who mm. got up there and when the speech he gave, I mean, I was really offended. I heard it right outside the state capitol building in Dover which mm -hmm. was a rundown, ransacked old house, 250 years old. Mm -hmm. And he said, Negro children are like roaches. If they're allowed to integrate the schools, they will infest them and they will never be gotten out. Negro. Who said that? Joe Biden said that? Yeah, I heard it. Wow. Wow. Saw him. Mm. He said, Negroes were animals and they turned the streets into jungles. And he and Senator Eastland had a plan where they could put all of these Negro animals in zoos. Now, we yeah. talk about the 94 crime bill, that wasn't shit. The 91 was bad. The 91 was really bad. The 81 was the one where one rock got you five years, which due to some other stuff Biden and Stennis and Eastland did, it wasn't five years with parole. They abolished federal parole. 
So you get five years, you get 60 months, and you get released with all good and honor time at 56 months from federal custody. And then there was, that was the 81 when then there was a 79 and the 77. So let's give blame where blame is due. That bastard has been a racist dog. And he used to talk about, he understood the Negro because he was raised in Delaware. Mm. And he said, Delaware was a proud slave owning state Mm. that basically copped out by not going with the South during the rebellion as it should have because they were too close to D.C. to not be intimidated. Mm -hmm. So I listened to this racist dog. I kept up with him because I was practicing criminal law and federal criminal trials became almost a lynch thing because of what is allowed. By the way, if you ever get interrogated by the feds, never say, I don't know what happened. I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. because you will get convicted on one count of an indictment saying making a knowingly false statement to a federal investigator you mm-hmm. know why because they tell you what you're there for so you know what you're there for so when you say i don't know nothing about it you did because they told you mm-hmm. you with the feds you say i have nothing to say or i refuse to make an, a statement i want a lawyer but mm-hmm. if you're talking with the state you say i don't know what the fuck you talking about fuck you you know But with the feds, watch what you say. Because in a federal system, thanks to Biden, Stennis, Eastland, and some other of these yellow dog Dixiecrat races, what happens is they've set it up so you get tried by ambush if it is a criminal case. And if you're Mm -hmm. absolutely innocent, you don't know shit about what happened. Mm-hmm. Eastland and Stennis and Biden set something else up where they deliberately set the rules so that a prosecutor could knowingly go at, well, not knowing, but know that he had no case that could get an invic- conviction, but deliberately mm-hmm. go after you for the purpose of bankrupting you so your ability to operate is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of the bad things that bastard did. And then you got come Queen La Imhoff in there. You know Imhoff is? No. Yes, you do. Who? Mrs. Imhoff, vice president of the United States, who goes by her maiden name. Miss Kamala? Uh, Camilla Harris. She's got two Jewish children she adopted. She married a Jewish husband who's got a interesting. I'm scared to talk about Kamala Harris. I'll let you have that one. Uh, she's a witch and she is a corrupt witch. She's been corrupt her whole life and she fucked her way to the top. Oh, Lord. They used to detail this witch in the LA Times with her sexual escapades. She mm. fucked him near everybody trying to get up. She used to be a frat hoe when she was at Howard. And she ain't black. You know, I ain't got to do with this, Miss Harris. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, well, don't, but she's a. Uh, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just listening. Well, uh-huh. here's the thing I actually met her father mm-hmm. in Jamaica. I was the guest set at the governor general's table, and he was a professor. Okay. And he represents as a Hindu Brahmin. He admittedly has some Irish in him. Mm-hmm. All right. 
the person that Camilla Harris is saying is her black great-grandmother is in fact, according to daddy, in an article he wrote, which has now been cleaned up on the online edition of that magazine, mm -hmm. was a Hindu house servant, not mm -hmm. a black woman. So her mother is listed on her birth certificate as Caucasian, even though she's dark. But see, she's a Hindu Brahmin to meal cast. Now, interestingly, do you know what the anthropological name is for what Camilla uh, Harris and her parents are? Mm -mm. No, sir. Indo, I-N-D-O hyphen Aryan. See, they are the original Aryans. But Adolf Hitler and his boys told a big lie. The blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aryans from the far north did not exist, never existed. They were the dark to swarthy to paper bag brown, dark-eyed, dark, coarse-haired Indo-Aryans from the India, mm. from India. Mm -hmm. Those actually settled Germany, and some other people came in from the steppes that lightened everything up a bit. Mm -hmm. So that lie is being told. So you get the Aryan Brotherhood, the Aryan Nation. What's going on is the Aryans, they claim to be uh, one with, look like come Queen La or come Queen Harris. You know, I guess what she did is, you know, L.A. Times ranked her out. I was out in L.A., you know, when she was really I haven't ranked. seen this article. Before that, see, she got out and they ran a thing that when she went to law school, Willie Brown, that was his mistress. They used to have guards. I heard about that. Though. Where Dad, what I loved, it was a scene, Willie Brown sitting behind a desk with his tongue hang out and Camilla is raising up after doing him, you know. Mm. And uh, they ran this thing where he got her a job with a medical supply company that did business with the city of San Francisco. He got mm -hmm. her a gig for 15 hours a week. Mm -hmm. For seventy-two thousand a year, and you have to understand that was thirty-five years ago. Mm. And then when they carried the thing where she moved up to twenty hours a week, she getting paid one hundred and twenty grand for a part-time gig, and he bought her mm -hmm. a seven fifty i BMW. Mm -hmm. She was earning that. So <laughs> then she had this thing where she was trying to get on with this big firm they wouldn't hire, so she started screwing one of your buddies an NBA player who was their biggest client. So she wow. got hired. So then they ran a scandal sheet on her where she was trying to get on with the DA's office. So she started screwing the deputy chief DA to get on. So. So what, what, what do you see? I mean, you have a lot of knowledge. As you can see, you got the chat going crazy. You have knowledge that span back 30, 40 years. So what do you 50. see? 50 years. Sorry about that. So I graduated you, from college more than a half century ago. So it's that's been crazy. a while. That's crazy. So do you see it getting worse with the media propaganda or do you see yeah, things? It is. Okay. Yeah, it is. So you and think it's getting worse? What happens is you've got some jackbooted, goof stepping fascist who strong arm <laughs> and take over the government. Then uh -huh. they take over the press. Mm -hmm. Imposed censorship and they propagandized to stay in power. Mm -hmm. You had some pink panty wearing fascists who, instead of goose stepping, they switched and twitched. They took over the media, propagandized the people. Now they took over the taking over the government. 
and they are attempting to gut the Bill of Rights so they can impose censorship on you. Like, uh, you can call somebody the N-word all you want, but if you slap them across the face, you might get your jaw broken if the brother punches you back, but mm-hmm. that's not a hate crime. But then on the other hand, you say something about somebody Asian, now it's a hate crime. Say, mm-hmm. okay, Asians are fine people. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is that what they did in their name is suppress a hell of a lot of the Bill of Rights, which is not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, we've got a gay Jewish congressman for the ninth district, which embraces most of Memphis, Steve Cohen. And for the six and a half terms, he's been in representing a district that's 91% black. Mm-hmm was a binding resolution to compel the congressional cafeteria to use paper straws. Now mm-hmm. he is chairman of the subcommittee that drafted the Asian hate protection act. Okay. He says 3,245 or so Asians got jacked up in 2020. Well, that's about 800 less than it was for 2019 and a thousand four or 500 less than it was in 20. 18 mm-hmm. and actually what it represents is the expected attrition of what you would find for somebody operating a weave wig nail salon beauty supply place liquor store or convenience store down in the hood the percentages of asians getting jacked up in the hood is less than it is for african-american or black folk who operate similar businesses in the hood Mm-hmm. So it just goes with the territory and it's got like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, 12 zeros in front of it, eight zeros in front of it when you divide it by 360 million, which is the current U.S. population as per the last census. Mm-hmm. Somebody tried to call me anyway. See, this is one of the things that we have to deal with is bait and switch. Like mm-hmm. the Equality Act, that has nothing to do with equality. If you recall, it was called the anti-lynch bill when come Queenla and Cory Booker decided to label something that had been tabled since 1997 when this clown, Juicy Jesse, up in uh, Chicago, Chicago pulled off yeah. that fake salt thing. And mm-hmm. see... It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. how they do this bait and switch. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot out there that is bad. Um, mm-hmm. But they have their rights and they can do whatever in the hell they want to do in a bedroom. I will defend them to that. But when they start, right. Crying, let's say that. Let's say that for YouTube children. so they don't get yeah. so mad. They can do what they yeah, want. Yeah, I know. Freedom. Okay, <laughs> motherfuckers on YouTube, they all off into that butt busting thing too. They unveil, <laughs> drop their britches, drop their boxes, bend, and get busted in the butt. So anyway, that's what they do. But they make it too obvious. Freedom. <laughs> yeah, freedom of speech. Yeah. So you can bleep that shit out if you want to, but you know, so you don't get it. But I am retired. You are too, but I'm a lot older than you, so I really retired. Right, All right. I like to do is barbecue sauce line, and I want it to be hot barbecue. <laughs> you know, we got well, I'll tell you about that later. But yeah. anyway, we have a fight because what it is is a unique opportunity. 
Mm-hmm. You go to World War II, you got Stalin, he represents communism. You got Churchill, he represents monarchy. You have uh, Franklin Roosevelt, he represents a democratic republic. They're all allies trying to get rid of Adolf and the Japanese empire. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. They had a common cause. Well, we have a common cause that's unique in American history. For the first time, black, white, brown, red, yellow have a commonality, and that is an assault on manhood, womanhood, and childhood that certain people are trying to pull off and ram down our throats. We have a separation of church and state, so the state cannot impose an official religion. They can't require its teaching. They can't make you go to church, but yet you can take a secular religion, LGBTQ, and you can force feed it to children with the parents having no way of objecting or opting out except taking the child out of school. They Mm -hmm. cram it down your throat in the public. They make it official government policy that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. You, you know, go to the bathroom of the gender you identify with rather Mm -hmm. than what you were born as. And, you know, that leaves, all kinds of freak activity open. And I mean, for God's sake, it used to be a staple for 1960, 70 and early 80 sitcoms where the little nerds went and masqueraded as girls so they could get in the locker room and watch the girls strip for gym. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the situation, see, where they have to share locker rooms, shower facilities, and you got some naked soaked down sissy in there, at least he says he is, and his dick's hung out and a bunch of naked little girls trying to take showers. Mm. Just so they can, shower, they can shower with women now? I didn't know that. Yeah, see, that goes in there too. No. Not just the bathroom. So yeah. can you imagine the viciousness that's going to go around is gossip in that high school? Mm. See, that just like, where in the hell have you been? So speaking on that, I think that's a good segue to go into. Uh, you told me a story about how Charlemagne the God got his name, and I thought that was interesting. I don't think people know that. Why would he call himself that based on what you're going to explain? What is he, five feet six? Uh, Charlemagne? Yeah. Oh, I, I have no idea. Yeah, he's a little short guy. Look, uh, the real Charlemagne. hmm was an Adolf Hitler prototype, mm. but an Adolf Hitler on steroids. Mm-hmm. He did ethnic cleansing all through Europe. He was a Franco-German. Mm-hmm. It meant Charles the Great. So this clown on the Breakfast Club is saying Charles the Great, the God. Mm-hmm. Charlemagne was a psychopath. Dang. There was one little episode where he went down to where the Bosques still live, and they still had the old habit of cremating their dead. Mm-hmm. Rocky Place ain't very much area to bury somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So he went down and he slaughtered 120, 125,000 of them because they cremated their dead. He did stuff like that. He slaughtered people killed out whole regions, exterminated everybody because they didn't switch over to his particular brand of religion. Mm -hmm. Ethnic cleansing on a super scale back in the dark ages, the 10th century and the 900s. 
So that's who he's calling himself by, Charlemagne the God. Now, like, why would a black man name himself after a German psychopath? Hmm. You got it? That's like saying, I'm Adolf the Great. No, they wouldn't let you say that. <laughs> yeah, but Charlemagne was worse. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, you had, a, you had 500 years to it in somebody's war criminal crimes against humanity type becomes a worthy of note because he exercised power. Mm -hmm. I think you're right about the attack on masculinity because I said something about uh, DJ Envy. They, they had a thing on online going around where uh, Bill Gates allegedly cheated and had a side mistress and DJ Envy allegedly cheated. And uh, Bill Gates was able to keep his stuff quiet and move on like a man. And uh, DJ Envy had to go in front of the world and uh, a bunch of women and apologize to all the women in the world, you know, when now it should have been personal with his wife. So I told him he need to be on the leash and be drunk around with his wife. Because <laughs> to me, that's not a man. That, that's a good suggestion. How yeah, about he need Wade, one of your former colleagues, Wade, talking about his wife wears the pants in the family. I well, just thought that. Case, that's literally true because he's letting that boy his wear dresses and he's wearing kilts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he doesn't have them on pants either. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's a cop out. Mm -hmm. and, and other thing, you gonna let an eight year old decide that he uh, wants to be a girl? He hadn't even got a good heart on yet. How the hell is he? He doesn't even know what pussy is. How the hell are you gonna make that determination? I have no idea. <laughs> but you see, that's what they want. They want mm -hmm. some nice tender booty for them to deal with. Mm -hmm. See, I found out something about pedophiles when I was sentencing them. I'd get mm -hmm. them psychologically evaluated. Mm -hmm. They'd had a guy sitting in the chair with transducers on. They'd get his blood pressure and everything and reactions, and they put them on his dick, too. So they'd show porn films. These guys get no reaction to looking at men and women, mm -hmm. but they'd get rock-hard erections looking at simulations of little children getting screwed. Mm -hmm. That's a Fuck, you can't do anything about that. But see, they're glorifying that. Mm. They are taking stuff and they are looking for recruits. I was a Boy Scout and a Cub Scout master for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. I bailed when they started doing this thing. I was, I was on a bench. Mm -hmm. I bailed when they started doing this thing about letting in openly admitted adult leaders. Mm -hmm. I said, this is not going wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And last year, the Boy Scouts in America ended because they went bankrupt from settling all of these child molestation cases. Mm -hmm. Then they tried to put in little girls. And I said, the girls have brownies, campfire girls, Girl Scouts. Why do they need Boy Scouts? These emasculated young boys need to get some man up in their system mm -hmm. and you need an adult scout leader to take them to these camps where for a week they're out in the forest someplace mm -hmm. but can you see having some little girls out there with one male scout leader 24 7 for a week no, no. that's a disaster no no way <laughs> my daughter not going <laughs> no see that's a disaster yeah but that's you know, crazy they do something speaking of which 
For 51 years, they have had a national take your daughter to work week. Mm -hmm. They've never had one for take your son to work. Really? Now, you want to know how bad it is? The Defense Department did a study back in 2000, well, 2000 to 2010. Mm -hmm. They published some white papers. The situation has not changed 10 years later. For the 21st century, on average, only 28% of each year's high school graduates are male. That includes all ethnicities in the country. Mm -hmm. Only 34% of the college undergraduates are male. Only 36% of the college graduate students are male. Only 44% of the workforce is male. And although they still have this myth of women getting paid less than men for the same job, mm -hmm. they have not published the fact that that has reversed. For 35 and under, the women get paid more for the same jobs than the men do. And, you know, Silicon Valley has had quite a few settlements they have had to pay out because the men were not paid what the women we're getting paid for comparable jobs. So Man, that's crazy. you also have another problem, which bothers me. Mm -hmm. Survey after survey, there are more boy virgins 25 and under than there are girl virgins 25 and under. Mm. Boys ain't getting pussy. That's why they so mad. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. And then the other thing too is, see on LGBT thing, Nationally, survey after survey says a little less than 5.6% of the American public LGBT. Mm -hmm. That means shit, you got 94% that aren't. For those 55 and older, the percentage, depending upon the survey, ranges from about one and a half to 2%. Mm -hmm. For those 18 to 25, the percentage is 16%, which is probably why are uh, hooked up with why they ain't getting laid mm -hmm. by girls anyway. So some guys are getting all the nookie and some ain't getting any. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that the feminists have set in play that is going to come back and bite them is this incel shit where these guys want to take women out because the women won't lay them and hell, they don't know how to get laid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you're gonna have to make a lot of money. Right. Yeah. So well, how do you think, how do you make think money? They can't get it. See, they still can't get now, it now. No, they can't get it. And see, there's this thing now going around. What money got to do with it, man? You sit there, judge bad mouthing my family situation. My woman and I, we got a hundred fifty thousand. I don't make but thirty, but she make a hundred twenty. Well, man, you simping. You ain't pulling down your load, dude. What you doing? You useless. You making 30 grand and your woman make 120, you ain't shit. <laughs> well, I'll make her feel good. Fuck that. That's just playing gigolo. So how, how do you think the media tie in with what you're saying? How, how like what have you seen in the media that you can make it plain for people to see? Like okay, to get let point me towards get this. this. I was on the Oscar and the Emmy board <laughs> because of what I was doing with this show for 15 years. Mm-hmm. I could vote on Oscar recipients, make motions and all that shit. So I would get all of these emails and they had a little funny looking stop sign. that was kind of yellow with pale green and pink and stuff on it. 
And I didn't know what it was because it didn't have anything on it. So I clicked on it. It was LGBTQ site, right? Mm -hmm. So they were explaining this stuff. And they were talking about how this thing worked. And they were bragging that between 85 and 90% of all people that worked in Hollywood were LGBTQ, et cetera, practitioners, not just supporters. And they'd list them. And the list is surprising. So what happens is when you go to Hollywood, and I know this from experience, with the exception of the cameraman, maybe the sound people, nine out of every 10 people you deal with are on the dark side. They go that way. And one of the worst jobs I ever had in my life was working in Hollywood for 15 years. I've never seen such a bunch of male and female vicious bitches who backstabbed, tried to cut throats, didn't have the nerve to confront you straight up, but would try to destroy you, pull off all kinds of dirty tricks. And I had to watch my six day in, day out. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing to me now. Yeah, now they're hanging. They're hanging on to every word that uh, I say, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna hang on to every no, word. No, 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 not just hanging on the word. Actually, yeah. doing shit like this. The show gets sued. They intercept mm. service the process, so you don't know about it. So you've gotten a contact by your bank. Would you like to switch over? We can offer you consolidation of these mortgages uh, on a fixed rate of point five seven percent hell that's great fill out the stuff fbi comes talking to you you lied on this federal form what the, what the fuck do you mean mm -hmm. he said are you now or have you been in the last five years subject to any lawsuits no and then you find out you've been sued six times and the studio is hitting this from you Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is in open court on the record when you get the transcript saying you're doing something that the California Supreme Court said you'd go to jail if you did. Mm -hmm. hey, where the hell do you get off representing me? I didn't authorize this. See, they mm -hmm. do stuff like that. Or you mm -hmm. get a call from the attorney general of some state because the studio decided this was cute to affiliate with some legal form company and ask the judge about your case and he'll answer personally. I don't know anything about it, but somebody's purporting to be me. So they're trying to get me for unauthorized practice of law in that state. And plus the advice was wrong anyway. Mm -hmm. So you have to watch stuff like that. Okay. Or here's one. And this goes to this hashtag me too nonsense. Is 1998 is November. The show had just started that fall. It was a hit. So they were having a party at the Beverly Hilton Hotel in LA. Big party. I'm a bachelor, man. I'm looking at all these fine movie stars and soap opera stars. And oh, they look good, man. You know, yeah. I like to dance. I was dancing with them, and then I hooked up with this one chick. We kind of hit up, wound up dating. Mm -hmm. so she excused herself to go to the ladies room she comes back she says do you know that dude over there the tall guy in the gray suit i said yeah he's the ceo name was larry little oh uh, big ticket television that's who got me for the first year all right mm -hmm. 
He said he walked up to me and offered me $2,000 in cash if I would sign something he had written up that you were trying to feel on me. I said, mm -hmm. what? So we went around and found all the other women that I had danced with that we could find. And she got statements saying that he had made the approach to her to do the same thing, offering them cash if they would say I was doing something inappropriate. Mm. They wouldn't. I guess I made a good impression. I guess I was fine to them back in those days, you know. <laughs> Ain't what I used to be. Not as good as I used to be, but most of the time I'm better than I ever was. But anyway, that's, that's what I'm talking about. You understand that when you get old. But anyhow, yeah. what wound up happening is they were stealing embezzling money. These clown, this clown embezzled $25 million from the show. So he's trying to make it go away. That's like Mel Brooks is the producers. The theme was, is if the show flopped, you could steal more money than you could make if it was a hit. Mm -hmm. So I hired this woman for PR, paid her a quarter of a million to go deal with it. She saved it. We saved it by doing our own PR. And we set a trap for her. Mm -hmm. What the trap was is she and I invented a fictional woman. We filled out affidavits, had them notarized in front of a notary, sealed it, took the sealed copy and filed it with human resources. Okay, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We kept doing this as we the plot thickened. So the storyline simplified was that she went and talked to this clown's wife and somebody else's wife and told them that this woman was complaining that I was being inappropriate to her. Mm -hmm. Well, I got called over to a meeting with the CEO of then Paramount, a guy named Gary McCluggage, an idiot. <laughs> and... They present me <laughs> with this complaint signed by this fictional woman. So I started laughing. I had my agent walk outside. So I had them bring the box over from human resources that I brought my PR person in there. And Lord, she was fine. She was Miss Washington, D.C. one time. First runner up for Miss America. God damn, she was fine. <laughs> so <laughs> When they opened this shit up, we started smiling and they started getting that turn real red looking like, oh, shit. So they weren't there six weeks later, but I was for 13 and a half more years. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's really crazy stuff that they did. I mean, you have no idea how crazy that shit got. Now you're scaring me. I grew up in Los Angeles, so I had all these sources. Yeah. So they thought. I was ignorant. See, there's one thing about California. It'll open your eyes. Now, in the South, they're used to having slaves and black folk do stuff for them. So they'll acknowledge that you use, you, you can use your head or you have skills they don't have. California, I never met a white boy in California who would admit that was anything that he couldn't do better than you, even play basketball or football. Doesn't make any difference. <laughs> So they would continuously try to underrate what they got. So I would just use my sources and I'd keep jacking them up. Like, okay, fuck you, I quit. And then get up on that long conference table at Paramount, try to scuff the hell out of it with some cowboy boots. 
and say, now, motherfuckers, let me take this seat right here. That little cute little girl out there, she's got on a green skirt. You and you brought her in here, flipped her up, and you all fucked her, and all of you married. But there's some chicks I have certified copies of here. Don't ask how I got it. You can think about it. But here, you want to check it? I have copies. And you and you signed these checks to pay her off. And then, you know, they were stealing Paramount equipment and renting it back to Paramount. They were hooked up with Heidi Fleiss's whole house off of Hollywood Boulevard and, you know, all kinds of crazy crap. So date rape and paying off pedophile nonsense, you know. Mm. So I had it all. Wow. Won't tell you how I got it. I'll tell you in person, but I'm not going to say it on the air. But right. anyway, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they had to leave, and I was still there. So Paramount had too many nepotistic situations where somebody was screwing uh, somebody's husband, and they were somebody's husband. Scissoring with somebody's wife, and they were somebody's wife. And Viacom switched it all over to CBS. Now, they put me in a special unit with Judge Judy, Oprah Winfrey, and Dr. Phil. Roger Mm -hmm. King, who had discovered Phil and Oprah. Oprah didn't discover Phil, Roger King did. Roger Mm -hmm. King ran King World because his daddy invented syndication and set it up. You know, all the old black and white movies and cartoons they used to have on TV mm-hmm. back when, well, you're too young for that, but back in my era, his yeah. daddy set that up. Mm-hmm. And he was a football player, big white guy, good guy. And he didn't play that Hollywood shit, but he was so successful that they had to deal with him. So, He came to me and said, I don't know what the hell they're trying to do with you. Do you know where you are ratings rise? I said, I have an idea. He said, do you know, Nielsen informed me that there are more people in this country that watch you on a 10-day basis than any other show on TV outside of pro basketball, football, baseball, or something like that. Yeah, I know I watch. Yeah. So anyway, what happened is, The last three years, I was beating Oprah every week in the ratings, slaughtering Phil, and was stepping on Judy's heels for the number one syndicated show in America. But what they did is Judy, little four-foot, six-inch munchkin Jewish girl who liked the bad-mouthed men, they weren't going to let some black man be the number one TV show. So they kept changing her rating schedule so she'd stay ahead. That being the case, they never let that be known. Mm. They refused. I mean, it was so bad that in the second largest TV market in America, L.A., they didn't even list me in the TV guide. And the biggest question Mm. was, are you still on? How do we find you? Mm -hmm. That's how bad it was. See, it's not just about money. It's about their agenda. Let's take Ellen DeGeneres. All that shit they said about it, that's true. See, and they cancel the show. They've canceled every show she's ever had. Not one of them has ever made it out of one season. Some seasons she's actually had two and three shows because she's the poster child for lesbianism. She came out and ruined that comedy sitcom she was on when she talked about she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. So they reward her. So what happened is... Uh, 
WNBC four in um, New York at that time was the biggest broadcast TV station in America. So I came on and I was getting 5.8, 6.2s. And Ellen DeGeneres was on after me and she was getting 0. 0.27, 0. 0.14, 0. 0.56. So it was an embarrassment. So they asked me to come on her show two times. Now I walked in there and this heifer comes up with an attitude, where's your robes? I thought she was supposed to be a comedian, you know. I said, well, I got to put it on. I said, it's 80 degrees up in here. And I ran. I said, I'm not putting this shit on. It's my. I said, well, <laughs> they asked me to come. So I'm starting to cop an attitude, but still trying to be a gentleman. So it's 80 damn degrees in there. Catch your nose. Yeah. One of my cameramen. Catch your nose. Yeah. So I saw one of my cameramen. And I said, what the hell's going on? And he said, Judge. This woman likes it 80 degrees, man. We sweat like pigs up in here. It's hot. She's bad-mouthing everybody. Mm -hmm. So a couple of sisters had come over with, well, not sisters, a couple of women had come over from my show. She's up there looking down there, bro. Baby, when you going to let the girls come out? What the hell is this shit? She talked about everybody like dogs. She was nasty. She tried to get in my face. Didn't I tell you to put that robe on? It's 80 degrees. You tell me when I come out here. So he come out. So I put it on and then sat around. So I said, did I tell I said, you go to hell. I said, you witch. So I said, guys, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. We, I'm gone. Judge, come back. Come back. So they had called all the way from, judge, please bear with us. We, we need you. Yeah. So I bore with him and I said, you a miserable ass heifer. <laughs> and the first time she ever broke 1.0, was the two times I was on her show the next two days, but the ratings dropped right back to zero, yeah. nothing, and they canceled the show. But four weeks after that, they gave her another. Now, I used to live in a place called Ojai, California. Mm -hmm. I had a ranch about 75 oh, miles outside of L.A. Mm -hmm. Now, I had a beautiful movie star quality wife ex-wife now who were very talented and ellen and her wife tried to hit on my wife to set up a lesbian threesome my wife told them what they could do with themselves but you know that's the way they wrote so mm -hmm. they reward ellen DeGeneres, and they try to make her a superstar but this chick has never been able to keep a show for a whole season but they called her a star but judge joe brown they tried to act like nobody had heard of me mm -hmm. So the ratings went down. They say, yeah, everybody's did because they had new media coming up. So Judy's went down. Oprah's went down. Phil's went down. But I still beating Phil, still beating Oprah and stepping on Judy's heels. So they come up with me asking me to take an IOU for $28 million from CBS, talking about mm -hmm. everybody's taking a hit. And I say, you're lying, dogs, because I bought some shares of stock in CBS, which I've sold since. But the bottom line is, is that. When you get these shares of stock, you get the stockholders newsletter. And if you ever get to working with a company, do that so you can see what's going on. So they're saying I'm the most profitable operation CBS has through its syndication department and all the CBS because I had such massive ratings and the type of people that wanted to advertise on my show sold Maybachs, Mercedes, BMWs and stuff like that, Cadillacs, Lincolns and so forth. So there was a lot of revenue coming in mm -hmm. and I had very little overhead in the way I did it streamlined the production process. 
So they're bragging about it, and they said everybody they they designated who everybody was who got a race. So I'm looking at these fools taking about everybody got a hit, and they're lying to me. I said you're a lying dog. I said this is what you got. They just give you a raise January 17th. This is what you got. Mm -hmm. You know. How'd you know that? I should have found it out. Plus, you're also doing something that FTC, Federal Trade Commission, would have your ass doing 10 years in jail for, for inside a trade. You've mm. been manipulating this stock. It's like announcing that the dividend is going to drop from, oh, 27 cents down to a nickel. So the stock price, this actually happened, dropped from $68 a share down to $32 a share. These executives had a plan with CVS so they would loan them the money that could be paid back within six months interest free. Mm -hmm. So they bought up all of the stock that they could. CVS bought up 280 some million dollars of its own stock at $32 a share, which as per the intention Mm -hmm. It dropped from 68 to 32 because of the announcement the dividend would be cut to a nickel. Well, as soon as they bought this huge load of stock, it jumped up to $64 a share and everybody dumped their shares. So they got uh, the equivalent of all of this stock for free that they converted to cash. So mm -hmm. that was a hustle. That could get you 10 years in the federal penitentiary. Mm -hmm. And one of them even admitted it to me. Mm. So I was holding that over him. So I just said, that's 15 years. I'm tired of this shit. You know, I'm retired. I can even collect full social security. Fuck you. I'm out of here. I quit. <laughs> so that's you don't, you don't play no games. You don't play no games. Do you? No, I mean, they did like shit they do. Uh, they wanted to impress me and they forgot I went to UCLA law school. Okay. And I grew up in Los Angeles. So they wanted to impress me by uh, <clears throat> introducing me to all of these LA Superior Court judges. They mm. had 14 of them there, and nine of them I had recruited to law school. So they mm. already knew me, and mm. they didn't realize that they knew me. Mm -hmm. And I'd like you to meet Judge so and so. Joe, what's going on, man? I haven't seen you in years, <laughs> man. Thank you for what you. Okay. And then they had one fine one. Oh, Lord, she was fine. Is fine. She was chief administrative law judge for LA County Superior Court. And I'd like you to meet Judge So and so, chief administrative judge for LA County Superior Court. She started grinning through all around me, kissed me on the lips, you know. Uh oh. It's so good. And I said, You see what they're doing? She said, This is obnoxious trying to act like. She said, should I tell him how I know you? So she did. Oh, my God. Would make the hashtag me too, folk, go free. You know, yeah. but she said, he's why I am where I am right now. He said he was going to spank me if I didn't go to law school. And I told him I wouldn't. He pulled up my little mini skirt, popped me on my bare ass until I decided. I said, I'll go. So, oh, my God. Allegedly. Oh, it felt so good. I almost came. All right. Wow. You know, so they got real free. See, shit happened in the real world. So you guys yeah. don't have it the way we used to. Right. In 1960s, they had invented birth control pill. Nobody was getting knocked up. Everybody was taking the pill and they had the sexual revolution. I mean, you could walk into a fast food place 
And hey, do you want dessert? They would run this spiel down. Uh, yeah, but it's not up there. Oh, you mean me? Yeah. Well, you have a car? Yeah, that's what I got. You got a big back seat. Well, I'll be off in 17 minutes for my break. You want to hook me up? So we go out and have sex, come back. You couldn't catch anything that a shot of penicillin wouldn't clear the symptoms up within one hour, you know, and you cured in a week. <laughs> so we got a lot of pussy. You know? <laughs> you know, somebody, I was sitting at a table about three years ago with some old boys. We were little young women that was bragging oh. about he had laid six women. And we were laughing. He said, well, what's so funny, old brother? So we, we used to fuck that many women in one week, man. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but six. Damn, man. You're deprived, brother. Damn. Hey. And Will Chamberlain wrote this book. He said he had 10,000 women plus he had slept with. He wasn't lying. You could do really? that. Wow. Yes. I mean, everybody I know had hundreds Oh, wait a wow. It wasn't 10, 15, 20. I mean, you can't even remember them. I remember one woman slapped the shit out of me. I was talking to her. She said, fool, you already fucked me three or four times. You forgot? I'm sorry, baby. Maybe I was wasted or something, you know? Damn. You changed your hair. Damn. I'm sorry. You said, but you can do it again. I'm going to get that. I didn't know you was a comedian Life and a judge. Fun, man. Yeah. Well, now you scared. I'm scared that you. Everybody's scared to really approach a girl because everything is so sensitive now. You don't know what to say. You're scared to buy him a drink. It's almost like you oh, got to let them do all the work. See, I, I go out with ladies from say 35 on up to 70. That's my age range. The older you get, the broader your range is. 135 till they get 40, they really don't have good sense. Now, I got one woman who's 62 years old, been a long-term friend. She said, Joe, look at here. I've been working out, still work out, and I'm in my 60s. Look, better than a whole lot of sisters. She mm -hmm. said, get my hair done, take care of my complexion, watch what I eat, tastefully get my nails done learn how to talk and these stupid lesbian bitches got all these men i'm trying to catch afraid to say something oh that's what a woman said <laughs> that's what a woman said oh she wow said, what the hell is this see just like i don't particularly like charlemagne and some of these charlatans and you don't like some of your colleagues that are going the unmanly way yeah, well, go get into it. What you think about Charlemagne? What you think about him? Get into that. I I know people waiting punk, to hear Charlemagne and uh punk, Stephen A. Smith. Punk ass with a punk name. <laughs> what about Stephen A. Smith? You ever heard of him? Well, uh, me and him got into it because he, to me, he puts a little disrespect uh, on guys' names. He tried to make it singular about me and him. Um, but as I try to get people to wake up and see, it's not about just me and him. He says something like, uh, allegedly, I wouldn't trade Andrew Wiggins for a box of cereal. And to me, that just goes too far. What if Andrew Wiggins was trying to, you know, go out and get some money off the court? And people listen to Stevie and he got a big platform and you've devalued this man's uh, value like that by saying he's not worth a box of cereal. To me, that you know, it, that goes beyond basketball when you're starting to dox people like that. Yeah, that that see, that's what they do. 
when they get a man that's a man, they try to down him. And if you badmouth somebody often enough, you get people adopting what they hear. So you get a negative impression. So mm -hmm. what the deal is, is take the exemplars who behave like they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And you get the people turned against that by telling lies, mistruths, exaggerations and so forth. And they no longer listen to that individual, but they listen to the idiots. Mm -hmm. That's what that's about. There, I want you to do something too. Your message needs to get out. I want to invite you to my show, which is later today. I know you won't be able to do it today, but next week and I'll give you the call in number. Yeah, I'll be there. there is, take okay, I'll give it mm -hmm. to you. I'll text it to you. And there's mm -hmm. another somebody that's one of your big fans, Dana Cumberlander. Okay. Who, she's an intelligent woman. She's a grandmother, though she doesn't look like it. Mm -hmm. Kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> she fusses a lot, but you yeah. gotta, it's a good way to learn how to deal with it. Treats me cool, but mm -hmm. she treats the guys at half step. You know, she puts them in place, you know, and mm -hmm. act like a man, man up. She's mm -hmm. all for that. Mm -hmm. And you need to deal with her. I'll give you her number. Okay. And there are a few other people. And there's another brother that I call our investigative reporter. He does it for everybody, and you ought to deal with him too. He's got a show, but he travels all over the country mm -hmm. getting to the bottom of the stuff. That's what Bernard Johnson. So you need to deal with him. And then there's a good sister you need to talk to. Her name is Dr. Cheyenne Bryant out of Los Angeles. And this is one of the most intelligent humans I have ever run into. Interestingly enough, these women are deeper into man up as a necessity for men than a whole lot of brothers are doing uh, Dr. Johnson has uh, one of the top 10 best-selling books on Amazon, which mm -hmm. is good. Uh, she's a clinical psychologist. She's mm -hmm. one of these super people. She, God damn, that woman. Is. <laughs> man, man, movie star quality. And she got her bachelor's degree before she hit 20, got her master's before she got 21, oh. and then got a PhD. And this is one of those super people that ought to be where Camilla Harris is, but mm -hmm. she's a decent person. Okay. Now, she's a rare breed. She actually is president of an NAACP chapter, but she makes it... Uh, something else so like when this thing that became black lives matter first started before it got corrupted into black lesbian mania mm -hmm. and pushing this anti-family dialogue she got the chief of police for the los angeles police department all of his staff and every one of his command officers out there to tell the citizens in long beach California that they were not going to tolerate this stuff happening again. And actually, from what I saw the last few times I've been to L.A., it actually seems to have made a difference. Mm -hmm. They're trying to recruit her to run for mayor of Los Angeles like they have recruited me to run for mayor of Memphis in 2023. My slogan is JB in 2023. Okay. So anyway, uh, some things need to be done. And we've got this Dana Cumberlander, Valerie Denise Jones. Oh, she's going to like you. She's the director of my show. She's 
she's a good looking woman. And by the way, former model, but you know what her problem is? She can't find a man. So, uh, all of these attractive, intelligent women can't find a man. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Uh, hell, even a rich tycoon I ran into one time, white guy, billionaire, said, look here, judge, would you do me a favor and sit next to my two daughters at this banquet and talk sense to them? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to one of them. She's got a either boyfriend or husband, I forgot which, but she was the plain one. The younger one was working on her PhD. She's a billionaire. She looked like a movie star, man. She's gorgeous. And she was breaking it down. She had a few glasses of wine and she said, look, judge, I can't find a man, a mm -hmm. eligible bachelor. I said, well, what's wrong? So she kept him and my daddy said, I need to ask you. So why don't you just break it down? She said, well, let me put it this way. These guys I go out with, they like my girlfriends with dicks and I ain't a lesbian. God damn it. I want a real man. What the hell's wrong with this? So I broke it down. She says, so in other words, my mama, her friend, girls, and my aunts and all of them, they raised these boys to be like this. Yeah. I said, that's basically what it is. She says, so who the hell gave these fools the idea that we want a girl? If we wanted a girl, we'd be lesbians. Damn it. We want a man. Mm -hmm. And she, my dad is a real man. Nobody fucks with him. He takes by now, she's cussing, you know, so <laughs> he's a, he a real live man, you know. I mean, he does wrong, but God damn it, he's a man. Mm -hmm. But that's what they don't understand. They think men are just this one thing and we got to be perfect. But we it's a bunch of different ranges of men. So that's why I'm trying to bring people together. So some people are going to wear ties and and some people going to fix on tractors and, and, and some people going to farm. Some It's different forms of men and we should all be respected. So. I appreciate you coming on my platform, but I also want to ask, and I'm definitely coming on yours, but I want to ask you, uh, coming from an elder to a young buck, what would uh, your advice be to young uh, males, young men and women coming up, trying to figure this thing out that's trying to do it the right way and trying to get married? Very briefly. Okay. Where I am to where you are seems like two years ago. Mm-hmm. The older you get, the smaller percentage of your life a year is. So when you get 70, 73, 74, 75, every year is just one seventieth of your life. When you're 30, it's one thirtieth. When you're two, three, four, it's a big percentage. Mm -hmm. Time passes very quickly. Mm -hmm. And in your own mind's eye, you never get past where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And you got to look at yourself in a mirror to realize how old you have gotten. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to deal with yourself. Now, I would suggest to you to keep doing what you're doing. And any other young man out there, white, black, brown, red, yellow, be able to look in a mirror and say to yourself, I acted like a man. I acted like I was supposed to have yesterday. Mm hmm acted like a man i'm gonna act like a man today while you're shaving you know mm -hmm. and uh, i'm gonna have to uphold now mm -hmm. to uphold you have to get your shit together that means you have to commit yourself to the task of working it's like nothing comes easy if you have a talent that's great but that talent might change because you get older like you 
hell of a basketball player. I understand got first-round draft straight out of high school. That's mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I know Magic Johnson personally. I've known his family for 35 years. Mm -hmm. I met Michael Jordan. Uh, met some other people. Penny Hardaway, I was on his board of directors for his charity foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, a guy named Randy Wade and I, who they call Big Daddy, and we used to do man up to some NBA players 30, 34 years ago because mm -hmm. they didn't have it. But the bottom line is, is focus because what you do at an early age, you're not going to be able to do later. And what you can do later is your labor, your talent physically evaporates, but your acumen, your skill, your mind can increase. So keep your mind focused on an objective, have a cause, have a purpose. And if you have a purpose, your life is a lot easier because you can stick to it where you can say, I made it rough on myself, but it's a matter of principle. Mm -hmm. A lot of people compromise because they say you got to do what you got to do to get somewhere. But no, you got to do what you're supposed to do. And if you do what you're supposed to do, maybe what's going on is there's something to develop that's developing where only a person with your credibility can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Now, you see, young brother, here's one thing that I'm going to mentor you. You've got my number. Use it frequently because here's the deal. My slogan is protecting womanhood and promoting manhood. And to promote manhood, you promote it in yourself and your peers. But you have to bring up in school young men so they can take over when you're too old to do it or when your ass dies. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is I've been near death at least once or twice. And when you can say, yeah, I uphill, you don't worry about whether you're going to heaven or hell. You don't care because you did what you were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Focus on that and keep your eye on the goal. What is your purpose? Our mm -hmm. people need leadership, not some goddamn pimp ass motherfuckers that are trying to hustle. Mm -hmm. we need leadership we need direction so spend your time finding out everything you can about everything get all the knowledge you can on everybody because when you know what people are about even if you've got misconceptions you can investigate further to see what the truth is you'll see where somebody is coming from and if you are really doing something and they're trying to trap you or ruin you, you can lay landmines so they'll step on them before they get to you and blow themselves up. Mm -hmm. See, you're talking good stuff and you are sincere about what you're doing. It's manhood. That is the most important thing. Remember, people look up to you. And what you can do is use your forum like this to start jacking these fools around and embarrassing them. So you got somebody like me watching your six because ain't nobody can do shit to me. I got my money. I'm retired, damn it. I'm going to make some more. I appreciate that. But they can't touch me because I'm 74 years old and I don't have any more goddamn career unless it's recreational or it's a hobby, mm -hmm. even though 
I do have a product. It's called Judge Joe Brown's Barbecue. That's what I'm talking you about. You be the judge. I got to support you. I'm going to text you. OG, which is good, and hot, which is very good. Yep. Barbecue chicken sausage, uh, sausage, uh, near meat stuff will be made into links and it does great on ribs and shows. Tell them how to get it. How, how can they order it from you? Well, it will be online. It's not up yet, but the mm -hmm. website is going to be JJB for Judge Joe Brown, uh -oh. BBQ.com. JJB BBQ. The site isn't running yet. It will be in a couple of weeks. I'm told it'll be sold at Kroger, Anderton's, and Walmart starting in various parts of the country. And if you want to taste it and you get to L.A., there's a gentleman, uh, Chef Damon, who has a business that doesn't even say barbecue on it. It's on 79th and Western down in the hood. Uh -huh. And it's called D's Classic, or excuse me, D's Original Takeout Grill. They've got the best barbecue in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. That shit is dynamite. We got a video clip coming out showing you how to do everything with these products. Mm -hmm. From making greens and show you how to pick them so you don't do it slow like grandma did. Coleslaw, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Beans, how to set the queue up and how you deal it and how it's supposed to be cooked. Yeah. And we've got some stuff we're trying to patent, some cookers and barbecue stuff so you can instead of using a crock pot you can put this stuff on you don't boil it but you actually do it the way it's supposed to do you can put it on and come back to it hours later and it's good to go without it being burnt and everything else and you've got some good cute mm -hmm. um yeah I like it. I like it. I got a I got an attorney that might can help you with that patent if, if you need it. I know you oh, got a well, lot of stuff we, going we on. We got a crew, but more to marry. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I'm doing some of the engineering on this stuff, so it's good. Now, I'm gonna give you Doc Cheyenne Brian's number, um, Dana Cumberlander's number, Bernard Johnson's number. These people can help you out. And uh, I'm going to give you the number to call in for us. We tape this stuff on Fridays. Mm -hmm. It's four to six your time. But if you're already on at six, we have a free for all hour before they shut us off. You can't call in if you aren't already on the line by then. And we edit it and it goes out on iHeartRadio the okay. following week. So I'll be there on Friday. Yeah. Now, I said I'll be there on Friday, so we all okay. good. I appreciate Next you Friday, coming over. You can come today just to check it out if you want to. Okay, I know you're man, but no. brother, stay focused. You're I doing will. great stuff. Thank you so much. Women will find you good looking, so watch out <laughs> for the gold diggers. Yes, sir. You know why they get married so often in Hollywood? Why? Why is that? It's the only safe way to date. Really? Yeah. Wow. You've got so many wackos and gold diggers out there that the only way you can protect yourself from hashtag me too mm. is to get married. They can't claim you groped them if they're if she's your wife, you know. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Is that bad? Nah. <laughs> and another thing, brothers, let me give you a piece of advice. 
The fine ones are easier to deal with than the plain ones. The fine ones really have something to look at and they worry about every little crease, you know, wrinkle and everything else. And mm-hmm. everybody's so afraid of them that they crave for company. So if you just have good conversation with the fine ones, you'll get yep. them quicker than the plain ones. Who Absolutely. Get more attention. Absolutely. So uh, you got it going on, you know, when men breed up to find and women breed up to wealth, power, and mind. And remember, it isn't all about money because you have, in any society, you have the intelligentsia to get the ideas together. You got the military that protects it. You got the people in business or the economy who make the money. And then you have the people that are in the business or running it. They're in the politics. Mm-hmm. Consider politics be charming, but don't compromise your principles. Resist paying somebody for anything. And if you get into that, somebody says, what's in it for me? Here's your answer. Good governance. That's all. Because mm-hmm. you live here too. I respect it. You got anything I'm else to say to the people? Go. I guess this is Joe on the go. You know. Hey, I salute you. I definitely appreciate you. I, I, you can see by the chats, and this has been one of my larger screens, so everybody love it. This has been my plan the whole time, just like it's not about me, just to bring the elders together. So um, as much as I can come on your show and you can come on mine and, and you link me with these other people, I'm open just to bring the young people. We got to bring the young people to the elders and, uh, and people like yourself that's going to do it the right way. And one other person, too. You need to talk to her. She's one of these people that did right. She got victimized because the people she was relying on to protect her betrayed her. That's Dr. Carmen Johnson. She doesn't do a show. She's just an intelligent woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, She would be an elder woman that could school you in a lot of things because she does what she does. Mm -hmm. And she's got an interesting story. So look out for that one. Now, I don't know okay. if I forgot anybody. All right. Maurice Dubkin. You may mm-hmm. have encountered him. That's another young man that's trying to put together. He's not in front of the camera. He's not behind it. He just goes and finds anybody you want to find. Mm-hmm. And as far as the breakfast club goes, fuck those punk asses. <laughs> and I challenged them to a debate on neutral territory, and I will whip all of their behinds and the punks run. They are afraid of the old man. <laughs> That's mama's cooking right there. Hey, <laughs> I, I thank you so much for, uh, for coming. Uh, I'm going to go step out for about an hour. Um, I will definitely see you on Friday and I appreciate you blessing, you know, the young people. I told them I was going to bring you. So many times I can come on yours. You can come on mine. We Let's do it. Let's bring these young people and let's open their minds to something different. There you go. Think possibility, think outside the loop. And if everybody's doing it, don't do it because you don't want to be part of the sheep with your nose stuck in another sheep's ass. Right. Somebody herding the flock that you're in. Yes, Be sir. original, step out, prepare, get your head together because the mind is the most important part of you. That's the only thing you will keep after everything starts getting old and decrepit. Keep mm-hmm. your mind sharp, keep focused. Be able to look in the mirror and say, I have been, I shall be, and I am a man. And you can rest easy, sleep well at night. Your health is better and you'll get more pussy. God damn it. Can't get better than that. 
we'll end on that. Thank you so much, uh, Judge Joe. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll, I'll see you on Friday. Yes, sir. All right. Out of here, young brother. Yes, sir. <laughs>